Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Back at the coffee shop. Dude, what's up, man? I have a cappuccino in my throat. I know. You're like dying over oh, there. I'm like, gosh. I want to I say, hey. I'm if actually not sick. If anyone's listening to the show in five <laughs> months from now, could you please call 911 because he's like choking over here. Oh, my gosh. The, uh, the espresso got caught halfway down. Apologize. <laughs> it's a liquid, dude. Yeah, I know. Went down the wrong, wrong <laughs> pipe, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, as long as you're back, because you or can't just... COVID or something. It, it I can't, no, don't go there. Because yep. uh, it can't just be the Mike show. It's the Glenn no, and man, Mike so show. What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, you good know, hanging you. tough. I know. It's good to be back in the coffee shop. We got a good uh, good topic today. I'm got pretty stoked about that. the corner table again? You know, every day. Every I day. love it, man. You Shut know up. why? Because the important people sit in the corner table. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, wait. Excuse it's me. They just asked us to move. Yeah, right. It's time to move. You're right. So what are we talking about today? Yeah, you know, we're, uh, I think we're going to bring it back to basics, you know, first steps of uh, recovery. You know, what are the first steps? Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. So we recently did an episode on Sober Curious, and, and that, yeah, that was, was really good. cool, you know, yeah. hashtag Sober Curious. Right. And there's a lot of people out there, you know, just trying to say, hey, man, where am I at? Where am I at with my drinking? Should I cut down? Should I cut out? You know, we had dry January, dry February, dry June. <laughs> <laughs> right. So people are trying to figure it out. <clears throat> so, you know, out of there, right, we've connected with a lot of people out in our uh, social media world. Mm-hmm. And some questions just about, you know, how do I get started? Right. How do I take the first step? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of the hangovers. I'm tired of getting in trouble. I'm tired of, you know, consequences. What do I do? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so, what, so what do you do? So let's talk about uh, taking the first step. So first of all, you know, when I started thinking about this and getting my head around it, you know, I'm reminded of the saying, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step mm-hmm. or it begins with a single step. And I really think that that's as I look back on my journey. And I know, you know, we've talked about this a lot that I never realized that recovering was a journey, mm-hmm. right? In fact, I think back to the first time I was in rehab in 2003, and I'm tapping my watch saying, you know, hey, you know, let's get these 12 steps done. I have giddy, to get back to work. Up. Giddy you know, up. Let's go. Let's get them done. And, and, and my temporary sponsor at the time said, you know what, man, that's not how this works. You know, this is a lifelong journey. And, man, was he right. And mm-hmm. that was just like one step. And then I made a lot of steps and a lot of stutter steps, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, folks know my story. Um, but then in September 2014 is when I really surrendered, and that was my true first step, mm-hmm. getting outside of me. How about you? Well, it's interesting because I got to the coffee shop a little bit earlier, knowing this topic. Uh, I said, what are the first steps? Well, you know, I'm an overachiever. I came up with nine of them. But, uh, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> you know, nine first That's steps, awesome. right? That's awesome. But, but number one was surrender, you know, and a little note I jotted down to myself is, you know, you're going to need to sooner or later, sooner or later. You know, it's either going to be today or, or it's going to it's got to be in the future, because if you don't surrender, uh, I mean, that's really the linchpin. So, yeah, for me, the, the first steps happened to me 
uh, because because I had just come just come to the decision that my life was unmanageable, and uh, and alcohol was ruining me, and and so, you know, my first step was to say help. You know, that was my first step. But then I think today, I, as, as I prepared for this in the parking lot, I, I think it's about what specifically, what logically do you do? You know. Well, I know a lot of folks, and, and you and I both work with a lot of folks, right? I mean, we, we talk to a lot of people, especially at a newcomer's meeting. You know, and folks, and, and, and I work with one, one guy specifically. He wants, like, his entire life mapped out, mm-hmm. right, prior to his making that commitment, prior to him surrendering. And, and I said, dude, it's not how this works, man. You got to – you have to commit. You know, in the next quote, because you know, I do have a couple quotes here, is, you know, you don't need to see the whole staircase, you know, you're not going to see the whole staircase. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have it all figured out before you make that first step. Just have the faith, you know, to make that first step. Mm-hmm. No, that's, uh, that's and good. and and I totally agree. I think the first step is surrender. Say, look, I can't do this. I need help. It, it is, and and I think consistent with that is to, to your point. You, you need to you need to get yourself out of the way, right? Because myself got myself into a whole lot of trouble. I love how you say this and you've said it before, you know, you can't fix the same problem with the same brain that got you there. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that an important first step is stop beating yourself up. Stop worrying about and recounting all the failures and just look forward to some successes because they're in you if you just follow a program. No, I love it. I love it. So you, do you really have nine of them? I do. I no, do. I do. Gosh. You have nine first steps. Nine first steps. <clears throat> Man, let's just uh, whiteboard it, right? All right, 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 right. Call your doctor. That's a big first yeah, step that, for that's me. That's a really good first step. Call your doctor, man. And, and you know, the, what I was thinking was, you know, they're the professionals, and uh, you're, you're surely not the first alcoholic that they've ever run into, right? So they've got some resources. They've got some programs. And if you don't, if you don't like your doctor... Guess what? I googled this. There are 1.4 million, <laughs> GPs out there. Go get so a new there's one. Plenty of resources. Plenty of resources. And don't get a pill thrower. And hey, one thing. Um, yeah, don't go to a pill thrower. But that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> but one thing that we can, um, you know, in in addition or another option to your doctor. I think the doctor is a great one. And we have all our disclosures at the end of the uh, right because we're not episode right. We are not doctors. Um, but we've also talked to a guy, Matt Goff, with uh, care mm-hmm. treatment centers. And and he does a lot of assessments, mm-hmm. right, where you can call him, you can call another treatment center, you know, and, and get an assessment over the phone or in person, mm-hmm. right, where, where they can sit there and, you know, the, the doctor will look at it from a medical perspective, but you might land up with some pills in your pocket, right? Right. right. Um, but going for, a, for an assessment such as Matt does at, at care treatment in Geneva, Illinois, you know, he'll spend some time looking at, and, and I know we have an episode on it, but he'll look at like the psychological part of it, the physical part of it, right? The behavioral part of it, mm-hmm. right? And, and really, you know, do a full assessment and say, hey, where are we really at? And what are the true next best first steps? Right. No, I couldn't agree with you more. <clears throat> and some might be detox. You know, yeah. he, he has yeah. said, you know, I've, I've talked to him because, hey, I've taken people right from assessments right into detox because they're shaking and mm. they're having a medical issue. Right. You know, I wish we had, uh, we got to get better at having like our library of episodes because we did do that episode 
and we talked about inpatient, outpatient. I know. We should be able Genius. to. We should be able to reference like episode, you, you know, have twenty-two or something like that. No, I think it's forty-two, but don't quote me yeah, on that. Well, yeah, right. So yeah, I, I, right. I think you're right. Get professional treatment if you can, and you can. I mean, Google it. There's a million resources mm-hmm. out there. What you got? Because I got, I got more. Well, I know. I, I definitely want to hear more. All right. Tell those that you love. I only have one first step. You have nine first steps, so let's go. I'm an overachiever, I told you. <clears throat> yes, you are. Um, tell somebody that you love what you're going through. You know, tell somebody that you love. You know, let the cat out of the bag. It's not going to come as any great surprise to them. See, that is so true. It's so many times where we think, mm-hmm. like, it's all in our head, and mm-hmm. we have everybody fooled. Right. And it's just the opposite. They're PhDs, and we're the fools sitting there. I shouldn't call ourselves fools, but we're the thing. We're, we're the ones thinking we have everybody goofed, yeah, right? Right, like, right? Like nobody's going to know until I tell them. Meanwhile, we spent the last three months in bed, right, with right. some quote-unquote flu. Sure. You know? But, you know, isn't that, doesn't that happen post-sobriety as well, Glenn? I mean, you talk about reading the label. You know, if I'm a little off, and trust me, I'm a little off, <laughs> um, but when I'm, really a, when I'm really a little off, you'll call me out on it. Absolutely. Right? I mean, yep. you'll say, all right, what's up, dude? Something's, something's not right. Yeah, but we've accepted that, right? Because we're in the pool mm-hmm. right now, and, and we know that that's how we work with each other, and that's acceptable, mm-hmm. right? When you're just starting out, taking that first step, there's a lot in the pool that you have to learn. Right. Right. But no, I, I, I like that. Bring somebody else into the conversation with your situation. You said help. Yeah. And your babe was right there and she goes, You serious? Let's go. Right. You know? Yep. That's a beautiful thing. And, and and it was minutes and you were in that car strapped down. Yeah, and if you going don't, west. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not specifically talking about a spouse. It could be a sister, a brother, right. a mom, a dad, a cousin, a friend. Or a friend. Just let them know because it brings support and accountability, you know, to the table. And those are really two big attributes. Love it. Um, except recovery direction. Uh, you know, maybe that's my <clears throat> second biggest first step <laughs> is accept recovery because I I didn't know how to become sober, and I don't know how to become a better person, but by continuing to hang with people who are better people than me and are sober, I get to I get to learn from them. But but I have to do what they what they do or I have to do what they suggest. So you've got to accept that recovery direction from people. And that's hard sometimes. It was hard for me. I was just going to ask you that. How yeah. hard was it for oh. you? It, initially, I was a sponge, do anything. But then once I got out into the real world mm-hmm. and life started happening in front of me, I, I went back to my old tendency saying, I can do this. But when you bring it to accountability partner, if you bring it to your group, if you bring it to an individual or a loved one, and and they can help you, but then you got to do what they say, right? Well, you know, that's a toxic relationship. You ought to stay away from it. Okay, well, then now i got two choices. Go back to the toxic relationship or stay away from it. Yeah, and, and that goes back to your point of surrender. That goes back, I mean, for me in, in my story, September of 2014, when I surrendered, my surrender looked like I will. I sat on my counselor's floor on a Friday afternoon after six hospitals in one week and an eight-day detox. I couldn't even sit in the chair. I was so bad. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him. I said, I will do anything you tell me to do. Right. And I meant it. And I'm telling you, I mean it to this day. If if somebody within my circle who I respect, who works the program and can read my label, said, "Hey, you need to do this," I would do it because I I there are times I do do it. 
But what about your, what about your ego? You know what? My ego got me into my alcoholism. My ego got me struggling instead of instead of surrendering. I, I wish you. I wish everyone could. I wish we were doing this in video because <laughs> you almost. I saw your lips pursed with the F. You almost threw the F bomb out there, <laughs> ah, dude. Right? I mean, I'm your back, so your good. back went up. You I'm said no to be because so that's just how serious you are about it. No, I mean, it, I mean that is a very key point. You know, it doesn't. I had to get outside of my own head mm-hmm. because I ran my AA program for years, and all that led me to was another detox program. Mm-hmm. It's when I sat there and I said, "I will do whatever you tell me to do," and I really did it. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and, hey, the first couple nights, from, you know, hey, we're going to movie night. All right, hey, man, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm all in for movie night. You know, next day we're going for a walk. Okay, you're, you're pushing it, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and, and, and then it's like, hey, let's do some work, Glenn, because you're not going to see your daughters the rest of your life. You, you fucked it up too bad. Right. So let's sit down. I mean, that's when I was like, no. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, I thought you surrendered. Right. Let's sit down and do this. And I'm like, oh, crap, I did surrender. That's right. Ugh. Yeah. You know, it wasn't easy. It's no. not easy. Well, it's not easy staying it's the on the best way. It's not easy staying on the surrender course. I guess is my point. But, but I want to learn how to be a better person and deal with situations in my life where they're not chewing me up. Why? Because I don't want to go back down that path of things chewing me up, yep. turning out negatively, and then I'll inevitably turn back to drink, and I won't allow that to happen. But I also want to weigh in, and, and this is hard. I mean, it, it's easy for me to say this, but it's hard for a newcomer who's trying to take the first step of who to surrender to, mm-hmm. right? Because if you go to some doctors, I surrendered to many a doc, and, and I got plenty of pills, right? And, and, and that wasn't, looking back, for me, that was the wrong move. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's people in the program. I mean, there's one guy I knew. He had three months of sobriety. He's trying to solicit all these sponsees. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy hadn't worked the steps himself, but he wanted the ego and drive the ego and get all these people on his bandwagon. You know, so, you know, that's, that's, I'm probably getting technical here, right? But I, I think it's important who you bring in your car with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm not sure if I have any advice beyond that, but. Well, you know, look, if I'm looking to fix my golf game, I'm not going to go to a hack golfer. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try and find somebody who's got game who can analyze my stroke and, <clears throat> and, and help me out. You know, I mean, it's just logical to me. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's a, a key point to point out though. And uh, my really my last one. See, we zipped through my nine. Really, wow, that was yeah. fast. Well, we, they kind of blended you skipped in. over some. No, they no. kind of they kind of blended into into everything that you said. And uh, the last one is to join a support group. And, and again, it might sound like it's redundant, but uh, I'll tell you, it's and this is coming from a guy who lived alone, not physically but mentally. And spiritually lived alone. I, I was a loner. I just didn't want anybody else involved in my life. And now for me, you know, following the direction and people say, have that support group. It was hard for me to do, really hard for me to do because I didn't want more friends. But what I found out is my associates now are not friends. They're, they're partners in sobriety. Partners on the path. Yeah, right. there you go. Right, love that. All right, so one thing, and I have another quote here. Okay. Um, first of all, I love your list of nine. <laughs> it sounded like six, but that's okay. <laughs> it is upside down. Yeah, you're, there you you're, go. No, you're, you're across right. the table from me. Right, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> so here's another quote, a Glenn quote. Mm. Um, and, and you've heard me say this before, but, I mean, 
in regards to taking the first step in recovery. You'll never learn how to swim if you don't jump in the pool, yeah. right? Um, and when you mentioned support group, there's one that I know of um, that I happen to have attended and still attend called mm-hmm. AA. Mm-hmm. And for me, and I know for you too, it has been the best support group that anybody could ever find. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, jump in. You know, Jim, don't don't sit on the sidelines. You know, I just love the people that sit on the bleachers, you know, and, and yell at the people in the pool or on the court, mm-hmm. you know, and say, oh, AA's not for me. And mm-hmm. they, they go to two meetings and then they, they judge AA, mm-hmm. right? No, nah, man, I think I think you got to jump in the pool. You got to do 90 meetings in 90 days. You got to put your video on. You got to go in person. You got to shake people's hands. You know, you got to get involved. You got to do, you know. Sober, sober bingo, sober Stop it. uno, Stop sober it. bowling. Not doing it. I'm telling you, man, it, it <laughs> makes a difference. All right, well, let, let's. We got a, a minute or two left here. Let's talk about the stigma of I go to AA, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was going to mention as you were talking, if AA is not for you, there's NA, you know, Narcotics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. There's SOS, Smart, w- Women for Sobriety, um, you know, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. And we've covered them here on on the coffees, but but the stigma. I never I never aspired to be part of an AA community or fellowship, or go to AA meetings, right? But it's changed. It saved my life, and it's changing my life. You know what I mean? But I, I just want to bring it up. I mean, you knew about AA before you came into the rooms, and didn't you have that feeling that? I don't want to be part of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've shared some stories about some early people I knew who were in AA, and I thought they were whack jobs. Right. <laughs> people listening to us are <laughs> maybe probably, I was the whack job. People you know? are listening to us thinking these are right. Yeah, jobs. no, I mean, I mean, hey, you know what? What what we have learned, regardless of where it yes. is, and, and and we love AA, but regardless of where it is, you know, we don't recover alone. No, right. You know, we, we just don't. And if you try, it, I I I just haven't seen anybody succeed doing it alone. Right, so here's just a couple of things I jotted down. Then, yeah. then we'll, uh, we'll we'll give up our table for somebody else. Um, you know, one is you know when first step for me is I identify that hey I have a problem, mm-hmm. something's not right here, and I knew that early on, right? And then I've realized hey I've tried to fix that problem on my own, mm-hmm. and I can't, mm-hmm. and the problem just gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like like you said, reach out for help. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you have said and did. Um, and then you used the word surrender, you know, mm-hmm. get out. I, I had to get outside of my head, you know, mm-hmm. get outside of my head saying, look, man, I just need to raise my hand. I need surrender. I need some help. Let, give me some direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like you said, it's hard to fix the problem with the same brain that created, it, mm-hmm. you know? So, Hey, there's a lot of people out there, Mikey, that are, are sober curious that are looking to take that first step. Um, I mean, take our, it. Uh, take yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. Take it. Um, I mean, if you want to raise your hand to us, it's on an anonymous basis. Uh, it's podcast. Our email is podcast at sober.coffee. Uh, you can reach us on Instagram, social media, sober.coffee podcast. And, and here, if you don't want to reach out to us, here's a national alcohol addiction hotline. Um, the phone number is 800-662-HELP, H E L P which is also 
And we also have the numbers. At, at it's the, on, the, yeah, in the resource room. Yeah. yeah. Definitely go to our website. Check out the resource room. There's lots of great links there. for. Just don't have to suffer alone anymore. No, you don't. No way, man. No. There is a solution. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. All right. Have a great one. All right. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.